Gaming Support Interview Edition. I have with me the Magic Dagger. We played Dungeons and Dragons, but we had a nice little spin on it underwater and all that. Um, oh, before I forget, I use she, her pronouns. And why don't we all reintroduce ourselves with our names, our pronouns, our characters' names, and our characters' pronouns. Wait, like our characters from this one shot or from our podcast? Um, I meant one shot, but also maybe both. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I'm the DM, uh, Michael Cerny or Mikey. I don't have a preference for pronouns. I played Johnny Umbrolio, who used he, they pronouns, and Ruck Ruck, who didn't have a preference. I also play every other character in uh, the, or most of the characters in the uh, Magic Dagger world. DM high five. <laughs> Uh, I'm Sarah. I use they, them pronouns, and I played Xander, um, who didn't have a preference, and then I am the social media manager for Magic Dagger. You also played Bryn. Oh, yeah, and I guest starred in a couple episodes um, of the regression arc. I, I'm so sorry. What are you doing? Oh, my bad. I just do <laughs> <laughs> I forget awesome. no one in our podcast sees what I'm doing during recording, which is all sorts of face things. Uh, no, we I'm see it. We comment on it all the time. It. I mean, like, on the, any of the we're, viewers to our podcast oh, don't oh, yeah. see this. We're, we're used to this. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please continue. I just was very <laughs> distracted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yes. I guess I in a couple episodes. I play Bryn, uh, but usually I just am the one making all the posts. And they may be joining us on a future campaign or two. Woohoo! Mm -hmm. uh, I am Connor, uh, he, they, and then I played uh, Daryl Dale Doyle, uh, who also who used he, him pronouns. And in the main podcast, I play Val, who uses she, her pronouns. Nathaniel, you go. Hello, I'm Nathaniel. I'm with the stretchy face. Um, in our podcast, I play Patches, she, they, my pronouns are he, they. And the pronouns of my character in this one shot, Racklin Smacklin, were he, him. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm Josh. In this one shot, I play Captain Calamari. He, uh, his pronouns are uh, he, him. So is my pronouns. I forgot to mention mine. Um, and uh, in Magic Dagger Daggers Universe, I play a demon named Xerxes, and he uh, doesn't have a gender. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a mood. Like so many of us. <laughs> Evil and edge. <laughs> uh, why don't we start by kind of talking about the inspiration for all of our characters? All right. For one shot characters or magic dagger characters? <laughs> See, I need to. I need to be specific. Yes. <laughs> one shot characters. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Okay. Um. My, I don't, I don't know what my inspiration was. I just kind of, uh, I, I don't know. I just kind of came up with him. I liked the idea of playing something I've never messed with before. I've never used the barbarian class. I uh, technically still haven't, because uh, Ruck Ruck didn't do much. Um, but uh, Johnny was a fighter, kind of useless one. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just kind of. The more I thought about him, the more his character got fleshed out. I, I have no idea what sparked that. <laughs> yeah. 
this is something I haven't been doing for very long, um, but seeing as I am a non-binary bisexual, I normally play rogues, um, and I wanted to try something different, and I heard that it was going to be underwater, and I wanted to be a mermaid, so Mikey searched until he found some sort of mer-related creature that I could be, and then I picked a ranger, because I hadn't done that before. Nice. Yeah. Um, I... Daryl Daryl Doyle uh, was inspired by a note I left on my phone filled with D&D characters, specifically just a sentence that said, a dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wanted to make the most normal, uninspiring, uh, d- just, j- he is just there. Um, his main weapon was a broom because he, I don't know about the universe that we're in, but in my head, in my headspace, he works at Walmart in the worst position possible and just <laughs> sweeps and takes care of everything terrible. Um, he works at a shell. Got it. Yeah, that's it. Um, that's about it. He had a terrible Southern accent on accident. That's just how I talk sometimes. <laughs> I forget that's not the normal people way to talk. So, yeah. Rockland Smacklin, I like to work from class down just because I love class options so like tempest cleric is one of my pet ones because like the ability to maximize thunder damage at higher levels is really cool and then also just cleric himself is so much potential because you get to play with the idea of a god as well as uh just i just like it it has healing but um yeah so i wanted tempest cleric but then i wanted it to fit racklin and thing about racklin smacklin is it's a lizard and uh i thought it'd be cool if a lizard was worshiping this like godzilla like monster of the deep that causes storms um so yeah that was Rocklin's idea he, he i used i played him once before and his voice used to be i'm Rocklin's Rocklin, and i like to smack things but that didn't seem like it would transfer well to audio so <laughs> changed it to elsewhere that's Rocklin though okay um for captain calamari i uh originally uh a, a while back i made a bunch of multi-class characters i made like 12 of them because i was bored and captain calamari was originally one of those characters um but none of the 12 really had personalities fleshed out to them so whenever i play like one shots i usually just grab from that bag of 12 and this time since uh i was told that we're going to be underwater i thought captain calamari was a, a good fit for it and uh i just fleshed out his um, character pretty much close to uh, like this last week and on the spot but I did specifically want him to look really cool but on the inside he'd be like the biggest uh, nerd and scaredy cat <laughs> and uh, um, just all around I guess you could say not cool so like have that gap moe type thing I just remembered I did have inspiration for my character. He was inspired by King Shark from the uh, one of the many animated uh, Suicide Squad movies and the upcoming live action one. Uh, the ex of then, Constantine. The ex oh, yeah, of Constantine, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Johnny was inspired by Bruce Banner, but just like on a very similar playing field to Ruck Ruck being a very unintelligent shark person. <laughs> So good. Uh, okay, tell me about your magic dagger characters. 
I'll let y'all go first. I was about to say, DM, do you want to try to explain <laughs> everyone? Everyone <laughs> ever. Uh, I can do the main NPCs. Yeah, just, you can just Adam, do you like name? Adam? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I'm going first. Then. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, Adam was a kid. They just randomly. So when I created Adam, he was. I Nathaniel was very skeptical about this, but I swear he was literally just a plot device. I did not expect them to pick him up. Oh yeah, no, I remember that. He was just there, and uh, yeah, he was just sweeping. We just took him. <laughs> he was we just, just took him under his wing. <laughs> yeah, he was just sweeping and being picked on outside of a uh, like a, 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 a racetrack, and then they killed the people that were bullying him, uh, and then they murdered a bunch of people inside, and then stayed at a motel, and then he like rushed to them, was like, "Hey, you guys should probably either leave or maybe." do something about the people that escaped because they saw you and they know who you are. Uh, and then they went and murdered them. Then they murdered his slave owner and then stole his horse head vehicle. And was like, all right, you're coming with us. And he was like, uh, okay. <laughs> this, I feel like we should iterate. This is like a, a an 11 year old boy. We accidentally kidnapped. Um, yeah, he's our friend now, I guess. He he was ten and he had a birthday in one of the uh, spatial respites, and we're having tough tacos later. <laughs> uh, he's skilled in uh, technomancy. He's uh, it's come in handy at least once. Uh, uh, he and Val kind of have some banter back and forth. Uh, they're they're kind of ship captain. Cal, he's more like a, he's not so much of over them as like a coworker. He's kind of their, uh, he's a, a very traumatized man who has been through a lot and they do not trust him, but he is their informant and gets them jobs and money. Do you want to do Brent? Yeah. Like, um, uh, so. Brynn isn't technically part of the Magic Dagger universe, like, a fish, like, she was in an episode, but not enough so that it's like, oh, this makes sense. Um, They're canon. Yeah, but I created, I created them, um, I don't really know what the inspiration was behind it, uh, Mikey was DMing a game for me and my nephews, and I had finally finished school and wanted to give it a try, and I just kind of fell in love with this character. They're... They come from a very poor family, and in the Magic Dagger universe, because uh, they are tiefling, uh, creatures like that are considered fiends and are considered lesser, and uh, Bryn's family was very poor, but they raised money to get them to school, and or gathered money to get them to school, and presented me with a disguise mesh, and I was there for a little bit studying computer sciences before I was kidnapped and tortured by the oppressive government. Um, and it was then when Loki appeared to me in the form of a crow and taught me mm -hmm. the art of trickster magic. Neat. That's so cool. Um, I play Val or Valorin. Uh, she is a Triton, um, Oh, what's the word? Uh, fugitive? <laughs> uh, it, she looks like um, a carbon copy of Zendaya with a blue filter over it, because that is uh, a good... I don't know. <laughs> I like Zendaya has a good face. Um, <laughs> she, Argent, so. Yeah. 
she uh, steals and rides around on a uh, Kelpie. Um, she was inspired uh, by... I play a lot of Arcane Trickster rogues, and I get bullied for it from my DM. That's um, not true. You bully yourself. <laughs> We're not going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was inspired by like um, a note that I had with... I wanted a really cool like femme fatale kind of character, but she slowly evolved just to be me. Um, <laughs> that steals a lot. Uh, I don't know if we've, I don't think you mentioned exactly what we do on the podcast, but we're kind of a gang of like misfit space thieves who do like odd jobs and stuff. Pirates, if you will. Space pirates, if you uh, will. Thank you, Josh. And <laughs> yeah, they, they do a lot of, um, work for hire uh we'll also, yeah well trying to avoid murder because that's what got y'all in prison in the first place uh Can't stop us now <laughs> now y'all are on the run and yeah i play val who is uh objectively the best character nathaniel you can go howdy i'm nathaniel so patches couple things first off um I chose a fighter, particularly her kind of like min maxi fighter who does a lot of fighting things stuff because I, I, it's a person, love magic, everything about it. And all my previous characters have a magical. I was like, I'm going to try something different. Um, but then I still, I still had to cave and I made my steed a magical unicorn because it does magic. Um, <laughs> thank you. That it's leads me to horror. the other inspiration for the combination of, of patches and her horror and her oh, steed Horus is that um I'm I love horror I love like people's fears I just love a lot of like co- cosmic things so I whenever Mikey was generous enough to let me have like a horrifying transforming steed and a goblin who is very brutal and gory and has a horrible past like I love that because I get to use all the inspiration I've gotten from creepypastas for the past decade but yeah Okay, I just want to make sure that I'm getting this right. You have a horror horse named Horus. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. I, I don't know. Like, I, there's a, a big aspect of Patch's character is that, like, I'm not, me as a person and me in, as a role player, I'm not great at, like, expressing how I'm tra- my emotions through words and things. So, um, I just, mm, I'm just, Patch's is kind of figuring that out. Like, for her, a lot of the actions and aspects of being a fighter come first, and then when she messes up, she just tries to learn from it and develop emotions about that afterward. So, yeah, her. For my character, uh, Xerxes, I chose a demon because Mikey let me. And <laughs> I, I, uh, I guess you could say for my D&D characters, I have a... a, a Sort of with how Connor always picks a trickster, uh, rogue, I always make a edgy character. <laughs> and I wasn't, like, realized, like, my realization of this didn't happen till like, much later. But, yeah, I've, I, I do that. So this time I made a demon, uh, warlock, because warlock is my favorite class. I, I think it's really neat. But the... I don't really know if I have any inspiration for making Xerxes. I just uh, made him a bloodthirsty demon that eats the souls of the people he kills. 
Well, that that kind of changed very quickly. It, it uh, yeah, he he does change a lot in the story. There's a lot of character development. Um, but originally, he was just a bloodthirsty demon that wanted it, his souls. This did start out as a one shot where our characters were not very deep. Um, yeah, and then Mikey was like, "Hey, that's a podcast now," and <laughs> here we are. Yeah, did we mention back whenever we were covering Adam that the beginning, especially the part covering Adam, like that was all before we started the podcast? Like yeah, we had a few episodes. So we started it as a one shot, and I said, "Hey, I would like to DM. Would you guys mind if I did like a full length campaign?" And we started playing the actual campaign. I was like, "Hey, do you guys mind if we turn this into a podcast?" And they're like, "Eh, sure." Uh, so I got the equipment for it, and we started recording quite a few sessions in, like maybe three months' worth of sessions in. And uh, only a few things happened. Basically, the one shot was they committed a heist where they murdered just a few too many people at a very high high risk area and then got arrested immediate, uh, immediately as soon as they finished the heist. Didn't I cast fireball in like a group, like a crowded area? Yeah. It, <laughs> y'all were at a party times. and you. Yeah, I've done that many times. That's just sort of what he does. Uh, and then they got sent to a uh, mining prison where they stayed there for a little while until a faction called the, Vi- uh, the Vision or Visionaries uh, kind of broke in and tried to free a bunch of people. It was very futile. A lot of people died. But for some reason, these three managed to make it out, and they went to a, a city called Genesis, where they uh, rediscovered some of the stuff they lost uh, and collected Adam and a horsehead-shaped uh, ship that they rode around on. <laughs> and then podcast. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How long have you been podcasting together? Uh, actually, a year uh, for about a year. Yeah, yeah, a little about, over a yeah. year. We we started recording like three months before we uploaded the first episode. Uh, I don't think the, we. Yeah. What? I just I don't know if we mentioned, but we have known each other since like we've gone oh, to the yeah. same elementary or I economy and not. Yeah, we all um, did. We met all each other in like grade school, and we've known each other that long. But we've only been playing D and D together for a couple of years. And yeah, we started anymore. like right after high school, didn't we? Uh, yeah, no. I got it was. Uh, I remember the year. Excuse me. Mm. It was 2017. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yes, t- 2017. Uh, I had just listened to The Adventure Zone, um, and I picked up The Lost Minds of Fandelver and replayed that. And that is what started all of this. So you're welcome, all of you. <laughs> uh, I- I've known Nathaniel for, what, 14 years? We were third grade. I don't know what age I am. I thought it was second grade. <laughs> it was no. maybe second grade. I don't know what age I, I think it was second grade because me and Josh... Uh, Josh me, and I first third grade. grade. Wait, That's it? correct. Yeah. Uh, I I've, I've, I've known, yeah, I've known Nathaniel since. Well, I would have been 05 because I was in fifth grade that year. Okay. So, yeah. Gosh, yeah, I've, what? That's I've known years. Nathaniel since second grade, too. We've known each other for 16 years. I've known you, Josh, for 15, and I've known Connor for 11. Yeah, I came in last, and now I'm the glue that really holds us together. <laughs> we all need a solid ceiling above us to hold us down and keep us grounded. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> it's okay. Now you know our friend group. Ceilings are good. Yeah. 
I started off like, I have a really great metaphor, and then halfway through I thought, this is not what you got your English degree for. <laughs> it do be like yeah. that. Do be a like lot of my life choices is gone. $40, yeah, that's dollars to get a psych degree and just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that you all started off on this like really solid foundation of friendship, though, and then you started gaming. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times you hear it going the other way around. Like, I was so desperate for a gaming group, and now we're friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's, uh, that's yeah, nice. Luckily, we've New been stuck with each other. <laughs> yeah. Have you introduced who Sarah is? Oh, yes. This is my fiance, Sarah. Yes. That, that is the thing. We've been engaged for six months, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. January 1st. Yeah. I proposed so. on uh, New Year's as soon as it, it struck midnight. <laughs> romantic. Cute. I love <laughs> that. We've known each other for two years? Uh, two, yeah, our second anniversary was the 22nd of May. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the game is also convenient for, like I, probably half a year ago in the middle of the podcast about I moved to Omaha, um, yeah nine hours away, and so that's been one way that we've kept in contact. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've had to do uh, this oh. remotely before we were forced by the global panini. That is correct. Uh, no, uh, he moved after uh, the global. Yeah, pandemic. he. Oh, it was like during it. Oh wasn't wait, it? no. That was that yeah. was over yeah. a, it, it was, was more than a year ago, wasn't it? August, yeah, it was, last yeah, August. It was last August. Oh, was it? Yeah. Gosh, time's an illusion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated in August and moved. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, so right. it's, it's, it's almost been a year, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Damn. So I didn't bother with roll twenty for this because honestly, I didn't want to make a map, and no one can make me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you all use a system to kind of keep all of your little game things on track, or is it more like what we did today, where we just all talked over Google Meet, or how do you normally run? Oh, <laughs> um, we we used to do clean feed, but then people kept losing track of items they had and character sheets, so I figured it'd be best if we moved to roll twenty. I mean, losing track of it wasn't like a big issue i just figured uh, moving to roll 20 would have been more convenient uh so we're making the transition we're currently recording uh bonus content uh where we have to use uh roll 20 because they have like entire character profiles that they have to keep track of and i think i've made over 50 characters for them to keep track of which they don't have to keep track of all of at once but like they can if they need to search them then they can yeah. We haven't used maps really, though. Yeah, no, uh, fuck maps. <laughs> I, I say that I, I do, I do. We are recording Renaissance in a couple weeks, which is the new arc. New arc. Uh, spoiler: I didn't want to <laughs> release the name of the arc until uh, the episode went up, but oh well. But yeah, uh, I've started using maps specifically just for that arc, uh, just because it's very important to the arc. Uh, but yeah, other than that, fuck maps. Yeah, I hate making maps. Maps Uh-oh. are so hard. My dogs are barking. I'm sorry. There's not your dog here, Lotion. We're currently watching a puppy, okay, and my uh, my my uh, granny old dogs don't like the puppy, so oh, they always no. bark whenever the the puppy mm-hmm. shows up. Oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I live with a corgi since I live with my in-laws, and she has a bark on her. I live with a bird that screams like a fire alarm. <laughs> so that's fun. It's a fun and extra character you get in the background of our you're, you're, show. Sometimes. I do have to mute it sometimes. Yeah. Oh, Fiona? No, I'm not sure Fiona. I'm sure that's not fun to deal with, His but bird. I love birds so much. I hate birds so much. <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> She's a demon. She's so mean. I have uh, lots of chickens. And, mm, yeah. Uh, and so it's like I wake up and I hear them balking outside my window every time. They I scare left, me. I left my cat in Texas, but I plan to get a tarantula before the semester starts. You plan to get a what now? Tarantula. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The last one died. I didn't lose it. It's fine. Well, this is nice. This is good content <laughs> for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We're getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, how... God. What was your I'm experience so kind of discovering your various queer identities? This is so weird doing it with a whole group. It's like I'm trying to figure hey. out how to ask the questions right for a whole group. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Uh, Mikey? That's been, It's been the order. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Volunteers. I don't, I don't know. I just kind of – everyone else have a bigger story to tell. I, I just kind of uh, – I realized after high school – and it was just kind of, oh, I'm not straight. And then people were <laughs> like, gender is a concept. And I was like, you know, I vibe with that. And now I'm neither cis or het or really anything. I just kind of exist. That works. If I was forced to put a name to it, it'd probably be pan and agender. But I I can't. I don't care for labels. He just is. I am Mikey. Yeah. I like it. On my end... I went to Bible college. I was there for three years, and it was the summer before my last year. And my friend was like, hey, how aren't you a lesbian? Because we would talk about girls. And I was like, I'm just not. And then I was like, ah, shit, I should probably figure this out. (laughs) I came out in 2015 and then publicly in 2018. And uh, I started using she, they pronouns around 17, 18, um, like 2017, 2018. And then, just a few weeks ago, I got mammed a whole lot, because that happens in Texas, and it made me very uncomfortable, and I realized that I felt more comfortable being referred to neutrally rather than with some sort of gender. And that's just who I am. And because of my Bible college background, my sexuality is really important to me. Good. Yeah. I've always had a little extra sugar in the tank. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been called Tootie and Fruity all my life So like it, it, it wasn't much of a surprise But I was watching Degrassi one day And I saw a man kiss an inanimate object And uh oh That worked <laughs> uh, So I just say I'm gay I'm like it's, it's a spectrum I'm like 98% Attracted to uh, Men and stuff Whatever you know and It's all in the air um gender wise i never felt too strongly about it and it's whatever uh he they just works as easy as it does yeah well i so i'm gay uh at earliest i can remember it was sorry like seven years old or something it was like 
fourth grade when I realized that um, I was just like, I was more interested in the attention and approval of like all of my male friends. Um, in fact, like I didn't really have any female friends. And I kept thinking, I was like, well, like in it, just when people would like jokingly like call you gay as that was more of like the way people joked and insulted back then, like it made me feel like really uncomfortable, like I was being called out. And then I kept thinking, I was like, oh, well, this is just like, like a stage of phase. Um, and I called myself, I came out as like bisexual when I hit like 13 to my close friends. And I quick, I realized when I had a girlfriend, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that um, I was not bisexual. Um, although it's there's a whole lot of like, we we grew up in the Bible Belt. My family in particular is very religious, as well as that we've had, without telling their own story for them, at least um, three direct family members that have had that have had a non. They've been not straight, and a couple of them. Like they were so, the family basically blames all their bad. A lot of them blame all of those people's bad decisions, or that decisions that didn't work out for them. Blame it on the fact of them associating with people that are on LGBTQ, like part of the community. So, yeah, like a lot of my family wouldn't want to hear it, and or would. <laughs> like I remember one time, my mom's gotten so much better at this, but she had said like, "Oh, well, if they let." gays marry then clearly the next thing is pedophilia and bestiality and that's kind of the environment that um i just am still exposed to often so yeah i don't as a result even though i i just hate lying so much that i won't like flat out lie to people i just don't generally talk about it just flat out um not to say i'm totally comfortable here you create a good space in which i can talk but yeah that's my experience as for gender i use he they um just because i I don't, people often, like, sorry, my um, intellect, I'm not going to, a lot of my stuff has been wrapped up in academia, a lot of my life, a lot of my self-worth, even though that isn't healthy, so as a result, like, I only like to be associated with my thoughts, with myself as, like, a person, um, rather than, like, my appearance and gender and all that, so he there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, um, for me, uh, I've thought about it a lot, and uh, I mean, I, I haven't really talked to anybody about this except for my friends here right now. But yeah, I, I'm, I say I'm, I bi- I'm bisexual because I'm pretty sure I know, like, you know. I just chose he, him pronouns because that feels most comfortable with me. I have thought about... Uh, using they pronouns as well, but I I just don't think that's that's me really, and uh, I don't know. I it's kind of hard for me to talk about it, but that's just uh, it's me. We love and support you. Yeah. Exactly, we love you, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be cis sometimes, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I, I am the the most cis out of this group. And well, you'll you never know. Things might change. Um, the person who wrote our theme music, Zoe Hovland, uh, we joked about her being our token straight for years and years and years and years, and then she came out as bi. So 
Yeah, that was me yeah. with Michael. Yeah, my best, <laughs> my best friend kept telling me she was straight just as long as I've known her. And then from the last year, she was like, actually, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and then or might not change. And that's husband. So, you know. I mean, I guess the, the closest uh, gender thing that I can kind of relate to is I've thought about, like, the the word gender fluid a lot for me. And I guess that's something that I relate closest to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, folks, I'll keep this short and sweet. Sorry for the delays in the Patreon posting. I am doing a summer camp right now, and between the summer camp and just life, I've totally tapped out on my energy stores, but I'm going to get that fixed as soon as I possibly can. Other than that, I have a couple of ads for you. One from the Junket Podcast, which is another show on our beautiful Be Gay Roll Dice Network, as well as one from Relics of the Past. So enjoy that, and then we'll get back to the show. Bye! The year is 2225, and the end of the universe is nigh. Welcome to the Junket Podcast. The Junket Podcast is an actual play and really gay TTRPG adventure currently running the Maelstrom campaign, a science fiction take on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition featuring spaceships, space aliens, and a whole bunch of space gays. Follow a found family of misfits and miscreants on a cosmic caper that features science and magic, love, loss, and a whole lot of laughter. Who knows, maybe they'll even save the universe or something along the way. Did that tickle your fancy? If it did, new episodes launch every other Thursday at 5pm GMT on all major and minor podcasting platforms. See you soon in the Maelstrom Galaxy. In a world headed for disaster, five strangers with mysterious pasts are thrown together by the winds of fate to try to stop the unseen forces that threaten to destroy their world. Join Creval, a dragonborn with no memory and no past, who is the first of the barbarians of the mountains to be seen in a thousand years. Cotter, a penniless paladin, running from something or someone in his past. No one the only tiefling monk the kingdom has ever seen, who has been expelled from his monastery for reasons he has not revealed. Adri, his monastic companion who hides some deep dark secret she cannot reveal. And Arlen, once a simple farmer, until some mysterious event manifested sorcerous powers in him. They must travel the length and breadth of the kingdom of Faro, searching for the disparate clues that will help them unravel the mystery of the failing of their land while trying to hold together the unraveling threads of society's weave threatening to come apart at any moment. They will have to battle nature, plague, politics, and even the forces of the underworld as they attempt to discover and defeat whoever, or whatever, is attempting to poison their world and throw it into chaos. Relic of the Past is a novel-length story told via a clean, custom, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons game. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found, and at poolmedia.podbean.com.
are you mainly Dungeons and Dragons players, or do you hop around systems? We have hopped around systems for a bonus content mostly. Like, um, (laughs) I have the idea of us doing themed. So there's seven planets, or there's there's six planets and one satellite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each one I wanted to pick a like a genre and a gaming system to pair with that to tell a themed story on each body. Uh, the first one was uh, a Marsy dust planet called Bronimus. Space Cowboys. Uh, yeah, Space Cowboys. Yes. Uh, so we did a Western story from the perspective of capitalists, uh, very classist capitalists, uh, we're fighting against a gang of abolitionists and we use the mechanics of Boot Hill. Very racist. There's so many racist Western TTRPGs. It's so we bad. We did not do this because we liked being those characters. It was yeah. just sort of villains, antagonists. Yeah, all of our bonus content involves them being villains, which I kind of dropped the ball on like better depicting them as, which I'll do better in the future. They're playing the bad guys uh, in the stories, which there has been some crossover from the bonus, bonus content to the main podcast, where they fight those villains, where they play both the villain and their main characters fighting each other, uh, which has created an interesting uh, energy. And then in another one, we played Masks, uh, where they played superheroes. Uh, it was very 60s-themed. Uh, they played uh, superheroes fighting a war. They were teen superheroes fighting this war. And the one we're doing now uh, uses the mechanics of tech noir, uh, which is a technological noir, uh, a game mechanic. And they're uh, playing in a neo-noir story uh, setting on a satellite, uh, also set in the same universe uh, where they are, well, most of them, are or were detectives trying to solve a crime uh, and it kind of uh, tackles into the systemic issues of the system. Sometimes when you say the word noir, you sound like you're going to say noir. <laughs> Thank you for the input. I, I love the hopping around systems within the same story. Um, I've never gotten the chance to do that, but it sounds like so much fun. Yeah, our, our next one is going to be Call of Cthulhu, uh, and they're going to be on a gaseous planet, uh, obviously horror. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we'll do Oriole uh, with a game mechanics I'm still trying to flesh out called Pilots and Psionics. Oriole is like a water planet with floating uh, livable habitats, and they're going to play pilots, obviously, <laughs> uh, based off the name of the mechanics. Uh, then there's going to be Pack, which is a... Um, like very frozen uh, planet with a really thick crust of ice and under that is a very vast and deep ocean and on that one they'll play monster of the week where they'll play as government agents trying to track down uh, created magical objects and creatures Um, and then Traxxas which is a kind of cyberpunky world with an advanced alien species they're going to play as a variety of like influencers and content creators who are going to be doing some form of a job for a gaming uh, government owned gaming company 
uh, using the cyberpunk red mechanics. Cool. Well, you have already been up to a lot and are going to be up to even more. That's super exciting. I want to let you all have the rest of the day to yourselves. Uh, and I also have things to do. So I want to wrap us up with one question that I ask at the end of every episode. Which is, what advice do you have for queer folks who want to get into tabletop role-playing games? Hmm. <laughs> I, would, I would look and see if there's any sort of queer Facebook group in your area, um, or even just a gaming one. But if you can find the people, you can find the game. Yeah, uh, I, I do suggest if you're queer, if you're looking for a group, do kind of steer more towards queer groups, just because they they tend to be more accepting. Yeah. Make all your characters gay. It is therapeutic. Just make everything as gay as possible. Yes. Murder um, a few homophobes. Well, okay, yes, our hope we'll work around that, but. Um, just in creating your content, creating your world, things like IRL can be so oppressive and you don't realize what parts of your uh, personality and gender and sexual identity you hide away and use the content and characters and worlds you create to explore who you are and what you want to put out there. And that would be my thing. The main advice I would say, which I learned more from DMing than being a player, actually, is that like you have to continuously, both as a demon player, like take stock of like who you're playing with, when whether they're having fun, and whether you think that like the story that the demon is trying to tell, as well as like who the the players are trying to be, is being is given an accurate, an adequate chance to shine. Like I, whether whether it be as a player or as a DM, I like to think: is there a person who hasn't done anything in a while, and saying like, oh well, my character is going to like say this to that character that hasn't said for a while or as a dm like well what do you do like at josh who if josh didn't say anything but yeah as a new player <laughs> it might be hard but um but yeah just and don't feel afraid to if you feel like you're not giving a chance to do something just um take the chance when you can like people would love to see what you have to do to who your character is so yeah yeah i mean Everybody else pretty much already said what what I was thinking. Uh, the dangers uh, of being in an interview with multiple people. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I I can say this for a fact that they they're going to be better at explaining things than I do because I always jumble my words. And but I guess like one bit of advice is uh, more coming off what Connor said, uh, and I just got to say whenever you're making your characters and. Uh, and once you like find a a group of people that are accepting just i mean make it characters and have fun with it you know be yourself and have fun with it cuz that's i mean you're playing a game and what's the point of playing a game and not having fun yeah yeah uh I, i'll just say two more things always keep in mind communication it's very important in any and all relationships whether it's work familial friendship uh what gaming gaming <laughs> uh I, did i already say professional no yes okay then prof- oh, okay no. uh it's it's just important to make sure that everyone's communicating uh and the second being is i, I i'm guilty of 
not properly doing this with the most recent bonus content but make sure you're catering your uh as a dm make sure you're catering your universe to your players i did not take into account that my friends would not like a, uh, a crime solving <laughs> uh game as much as i had hoped at least uh but I, I'm, I'm trying to make some workarounds but yeah cater it to your players um cater the story include their character story uh make sure everyone has a, a voice if you're if you're gonna play if you're gonna actively play a game where you can actively create feedback for the creator of the game then make sure you cater it sorry no you're you're good i think those are all excellent pieces of advice um i i feel like we haven't dug real deep yet but we're trying to cram a lot of stuff into an hour for five different people so i think that just means that we'll have to do this again <gasps> that would be a pleasure works for me and and if you ever want me on that would be great Ooh. that would be fun yeah um thank you listeners for dropping in and listening to all of us chat please go check out the magic dagger and we'll catch you next time thank you all again for listening Please do go check out the Magic Dagger. They are the newest members of the Be Gay Roll Dice Network, and we are so, so happy to have them. Other than that, thank you, as always, to Zoe Hovland for our theme music, and we'll catch you next time. Be Gay. Roll Dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.